Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast. I am your host, Rubina Ahmed Haq, and I'm so glad that you are able to join us today to talk about everything that's happening in Canada when it comes to personal finances. We have been covering personal finance, uh, hyper-focused on COVID-19 since the pandemic started, uh, really looking at all the different federal programs that are out there, provincial programs, the way people's money has been affected, and the way that we are surviving right now. A lot of people are out of work. We know millions of Canadians lost their jobs. Millions are back at work, but still some are at home still collecting CERB or getting by as as they can. And many people are back at work, but they don't have the kind of hours they had before. And so they're not making that same money. And so still trying to run their household on less. And there is no end right now. No one really knows uh, when this pandemic is going to be over and when we're going to go back to what is going to be a new normal for us, uh, where we can start living kind of like we did before the pandemic, but definitely there are going to be changes that are going to stay forever. We're going to talk about some of those things, especially technology in, in, in finance, for sure. Um, some of those technologies uh, that have ramped up in the last little while because people have started to get more interested in using touchless, contactless payment methods, which maybe many of them never did before. Um, and so those may be here to stay. And uh, we can talk a little bit about whether cash even has a has a purpose anymore in this new in, in this new world. Uh, I wanted to bring in my co-host Bo Humphreys. Bo, how was your week? How's uh, Henry doing at daycare? Is that's what I'm really interested in hearing about, actually. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, Henry's uh, the the topic of conversation uh, uh, these days. You know, he's uh, he's doing really well. It's uh, I, I think keeping the cohort of people that he is interacting with very small is the key. Going through the temperature checks at the door every day, that is the, um, you know, the, they're keeping their process on. I go in with a mask on. Now, not ev- I don't think everybody does uh, from what I can tell. Yeah, th- that's the thing, right? But I think now to walk into a business in Hamilton and possibly lots of uh, uh, cities in Ontario, you have to be wearing a mask if you walk inside into a business. That's what I, I believe. I don't know. Uh, I think Hamilton's there, maybe Toronto too. Um, but um, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not following all of that. Uh, so that would be good because then people, you know, we would have consistency and people would um, be stop like thinking that masks are some kind of political statement mm-hmm. uh, when they're just really to protect if I maybe have COVID, I'm not breathing my COVID air on you, mm-hmm. even if I'm symptomless, right? Like even if they do Henry's temperature scan, he's less likely to be carrying COVID from what I hear to others uh, than say I am. Uh, especially at his age. I know some kids, as, as the kids get older, they're becoming more and more likely to be carriers. Uh, anyway, all of this is just first first theories that people have anyway, because as I've uh, been reading, and as uh, I think it was a, a good um, quote from uh, Dr. Fauci uh, in the U.S., was that, you know, we have years and years of data from these other viruses and for things like asbestos where we didn't know it was harmful and now it is right um and you know hiv uh, aids we didn't know what it was in the 70s and now you can live pretty well um on the cocktail of drugs that they have but it took a long time and we have four or five six months of, of this 
this virus. So how do we how do we know anything? So we're just doing taking the precautions that we can and and uh, you know zero active cases as far as I know uh, in uh, Hamilton. So. Um, doing well so far. Yeah, the masks work. I, you know, the states is the best example of what you what you shouldn't be doing during COVID nineteen, and they're not wearing masks. And um, I even have some American friends where I, I, you know, they're good friends of mine, but I can see the different attitude about things in our conversations. They just have a completely different point of view, uh, a, really? a, a dangerous point of view, to be honest. Uh, where you sure. know they're not really as concerned about what's happening, and so. You know, we've proven that the masks work because, like you just mentioned, zero cases in Hamilton. I think the same can be said for Halton. Very few cases here. Even Toronto, the hotspot, is no longer, um, uh, there's no longer as many cases being reported. And people are getting tested. Actually, I I think I'm going to go get tested again this week. You know, I've been telling you that the way that I've tried to keep my family safe is by just testing. And so, um, you know, that creates a, a date where I know from that date, I, you know, yeah. If, if I did get COVID, I could say, okay, I was fine from this day. So I can talk to all the people that I've been in touch with, you know, um, since that date and or places I've been. Like if I've been to the grocery store, I would definitely let that grocery store know. Um, I mean, it's not perfect. I think they're recommending proactive testing, right? For anyone yeah. who, no, starting to anyway, for, for anyone who feels like it would be beneficial to them. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why not? If, if we have the ability to test, uh, let's do it. Right? Yeah, I, I personally, ha- I haven't been tested. But uh, but Kayla has, and she's in the hospital every day, not with COVID patients. Um, but uh, you know, she uh, she's in a hospital she takes after all. Yeah, she's in a hospital, right? So that you know, somebody could have it, and but they're in full protective uh, gear. And uh, anybody, especially who's uh, interacting with people with COVID, and they keep their distance mm-hmm. if, uh, in, unless they have to. But she's interacting with patients, right? And and uh, yeah, y- y- you never know. So you just it's good to be proactive when you can. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the, the virus, uh, the virus, uh, the pandemic um, and COVID-19 forced a lot of people to start working from home. I've been working from home exclusively since the uh, middle of March. You've been the same yeah, way. Me too. Um, and, um, you know, as I'm already self-employed, so I, or, I do uh, write off a portion of my mortgage interest and the utilities in my home um, as a home office expense because I have a dedicated home office that I spend um, more than 50% of my time, uh, uh, more than 50% of my work is done in that, uh, in this office where I'm talking to you from t- right now. Um, and, um, so I'm able to do that, but they're now saying that, you know, those people who work for, for companies who have been working from home, could some of the expenses that they've had to take on be tax deductible? And, um, you know, the, the accountants are now asking the CRA for some clarity. Um, you know, will our clients be able to write off the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada? Um, will they be able to write off some of those home expenses? I, there is no word yet as to uh, what, whether you can or not. I personally think the CRA is going to come up with a one-time benefit. If you can say that you work sure. from home for six yeah. months, I think they'll say, okay, you can claim $200 or whatever, you know, maybe yeah, it's a, yeah. like a refund, a non-refundable credit. I don't know, something like that. But um, I think it would be very difficult for an employee without a T2200 to actually claim home office expenses if they're uh, employed by a company because that's not how it works. And so it, uh, even though I know... Um, there is some questions being asked to CRA. Um, I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. I, I what you are much more um, in tune when it comes to accounting. What what do, what's your take? What do you think the CRA um, is going to do about all the people who've been working from home for the last 
four months and could definitely get to six months. Yeah. So for someone like you who is self-employed and doesn't, you know, fills out your own uh, uh, section of your uh, um, the the, the uh, business activity uh, form uh, for your business, the little the page at the end that has uh, home office, home use ex- uh, expenses, uh, that you would just be doing that uh, normally, right? And nobody needs to approve that. It's that's you. So what you're saying is employees uh, generally need their employer to sign off uh, on this, and that's for every employee. So for, for companies that already have this in place, mm-hmm. um, well, they, they have a, a process, right? Every employee, they fill this out. They have a reporting thing. Right now, if, if all of the companies that have shifted into work from home have to do this, it's an administrative nightmare and also over overload for the CRA too, right? So what's been happening in the last, say, I don't know, five to ten years is the CRA has been auditing uh, more so people, uh, say, like yourself, mm-hmm. who have because it's very it's it's a very hard thing uh, to prove or to um, I guess to disprove in a way without auditing mm-hmm. uh, that you, you, you your home costs were this mm-hmm. uh, amount, right? So you could just put an amount on there. And so it, that that's uh, what they've been saying is doing that sometimes brings up a red flag for them to audit you. And I don't know if you, you have been audited or if you can reveal that you have been. Um, I haven't but- been audited, um, but my brother and I own a rental property together and he had one line audited, which affected me as well uh, because okay. it was an expense we had both claimed on our... Um, on our uh, returns. So even though th- for some reason they didn't question my me putting that expense down, they questioned him. So it did cr- create some anxiety. But at the same time, like being audited is not the end of the world. I think people think it's that, not. Yeah. yeah, I think people think it's like all of a sudden you're going to be buried in paperwork. Usually the CRA asks about a line on the return. They don't ask you to prove everything that's in the return. They might look at it and say, oh, last year you claimed X amount for travel due to work, right? Like work travel. Yeah. But this year it tripled. So they may they just ask, the can receipts. you, yeah, can you ask why, they'll ask you why that happened. And so. Yeah. If you are self-employed mm-hmm. and you, you weren't working from home and you, and you are, you did become that now and you're doing this yourself, just make sure you have all the backup for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you um, are able to get your employer to sign off on this, but just preliminarily, I guess we'll probably find out before they need to, because it'll be by the end after the end of the year that they'll be doing it anyway. So we'll know if there's some kind of across uh, the board credit. But I, I think that makes more sense rather than having hundreds of thousands of, of new T twenty two hundreds being filed by employers. Mm-hmm. It would just make sense. Like, yeah, did you work from home? Here's a reasonable. Now, what what that's going to do though is it's going to do something like the Serb did and and give uh you know a decent number to some people but not enough for other people Mm -hmm. who have high costs at home Mm -hmm. um so or or different costs uh, you know so maybe they'll just uh yeah that's the downside of of having a blanket thing as opposed to allowing you to do your own because it's not uh representative of your situation yeah so keep those receipts i mean if you're buying things like pens and paper and if you've had to buy a new computer although um, i should probably uh say that a computer normally you can't write it off yeah it'd be an um, asset. Yeah. yeah so uh but you can you know you can write off the cost of um like everyday things that you buy because the CRA could ask you for proof so if they come up with a way that you can claim some home office expenses on your taxes they could ask you for the proof of that so just hang on to it i mean put it into a shoebox and just forget about it and make sure you don't throw that shoebox out um or make sure you yeah. have some sort of online receipt that you can you can show 
Um, but, you know, this is a really unique situation. And in some ways, uh, companies have po- just basically ported their employees home and um, like sent them home with laptops and computers. And some have even gotten some money to set up their home office. So for those people, I think it'd be very hard for them to say that I had an expense. Um, you know, I have a work from home expense that I have to claim because um, their company has provided them with all the, yeah. the tools that they need. But yes, there is definitely some discussion happening. Keep those receipts. Um, you never know, right? You never know what the government will come up with. I mean, who would have thought that CERB would have been a thing, um, you know, two or three months ago? Um, they might come up with a way that you can claim it and they may require proof that you actually did spend some money working from home. Yeah. Keep your receipts for everything. Yeah, keep, all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I keep your I, I keep my receipts. I mean, I keep them back um, for seven years because I am self-employed, and you never know when they might ask. But um, even like grocery receipts and stuff, things that I can't claim, I just keep them because sometimes oh. I have to return something. I'm like, oh, I have the receipt for that, and I just go and grab it, right? So, well, it's a lot. It's all in email now too. Right? Yeah, if I, yeah. Uh, the uh, Optimum or uh, Loblaws, right? Uh, uh, you just use your PC Optimum card and say, email me the receipt. It's great. Yeah, I, I like love that. that. I yeah, like that option. Yeah, I love that. Um, a new survey I found uh, uh, that I thought was interesting is uh, by Simply Financial, which is an online uh, bank. Uh, it used to be PC Financial, and then it was sold, and it, now they've renamed it Simply Financial. It's a no fee bank. I highly, I really like them. Uh, I'm a customer of Simply Financial for full disclosure, um, and I have been actually with PC Financial since its beginning. I, since like it first started in the late. 1990s or something whenever 1997 tangerine on my end so we're we're we got both of the free uh bank banks yeah yeah a lot of people have a lot of criticism they're like oh you know how do you do regular banking i'm like well this is it's my only bank it's my only bank and but (laughs) so now this is what um so simply financial came out with this poll basically asking canadians like things that you know they're appreciating more ways that they're changing their habits and one of the big things is that the pandemic has given Canadians an appreciation for things that they have. They really like the fact that their pace is slower. They like that they get to spend more time with their family. And the fact that there's now limits on social activity, um, you know, Canadians are watching more television and movie, but also doing things like cooking and decluttering. And all of that is kind of like good because it's like, it's kind of grounding people to like sort of be home with their family and go back to basics and the stuff that, you know, we used to do... um, you know, I, I like that. That's the way that I was raised, like just sort of being like, I think now in many cases, families are overscheduled. And so the pandemic has kind of taught us to not be overscheduled anymore. Right. Um, but one of the other things that I noticed is that um, a lot of people are using technology to get their banking done. Um, uh, so the survey showed that more Canadians are now using contactless because obviously that's a safer way to pay. Uh, People like my parents who never use contactless are now doing that. Um, and so, you know, some of these changes are going to stay forever. I mean, the, the, the pandemic is going to change um, consumer habits uh, for the long term. Um, I, what, what's your take, Bo? Do you think that cash is done? Or, you know, I don't want to say cash is dead because that's kind of like, you know, it's not dead. But do you think that we're, we're, we no longer are going to see cash after this pandemic is over? Or, or do you think there's still a place for cash in our world? Well, I've had... Uh, a- two $20 bills in my pocket for the last five months. <laughs> so, I mean, if that uh, uh, tells you anything. Now, I haven't been many places, but the places I have been, they don't want cash. Nobody wants it, right? Uh, you know, now, going forward, uh, you know, right now it's because of just the interaction and, and touching and disease. But when you think about it, money is dirty, right? 
you know, it is like, you know, I'm not, you know, making any kind of judgment. It actually has like bacteria all over it if you do black light stuff. Now, maybe ours is better than the U.S. money. Is that, do you know that? Is the plastic uh, polymer uh, Yeah, I've read, so, I've read that American money is like the dirtiest, uh, but, um, yeah. you know, I, for whatever reason. I also think that, you know, we, we tend to change the look of our money from time to time. So that automatically kind of puts new bills into circulation where I think American money, hasn't it just been the same forever? Just, uh, yeah, they just maybe put some security things on, but it looks the same. Yeah. And it's really hard to tell the difference. So you could be you using know, a dollar bill. I don't even know if they have dollar bills from like the 1980s, if it's still in circulation. I, I don't know gross. if they take them out at a certain point, but like the, the process, like just to contrast what we've been doing versus the states, right? I mean, they still have checks. They still use tons of cash. They will take your credit card from you and swipe it on the system and give it back to mm -hmm. you. Like that process in itself is ridiculous, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, it encourages someone to take your card from you. And sometimes like if you're in the States and you try to do it yourself, if it's still a swipe, they won't even let, <laughs> let you yeah. do it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I always have this story I tell about uh, uh, tapping at a Panera Bread in, in North Carolina and the guy's head exploding uh, because it worked. Right. And, and I wouldn't even let him stop me. I just tapped. I just tapped. And he's like, wait a minute. No. And like, oh, went through. He's like, what? Mm -hmm. So like they're just really behind. They have this infrastructure, but nobody wants to move forward. I mean, we could talk about the U.S. and their inability <laughs> to move forward or change for for a while. I'm sure about a, a bunch of different things. But that's a really good example. You know, in Australia, they haven't had checks for like 15 years mm -hmm. or, or longer even. And when we were there, you just tap everything. My tangerine card worked everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you know, contactless is is my life. Mm -hmm. That's what I that's what I do already. I don't want to have to pull out cash and then get cash from somebody who knows where that's been having to maybe touch somebody's hands. It's more, so much more um, uh, relevant now then maybe any arguments against it uh, um, are going away, mm -hmm. right? Um, but yeah, like, do is do we still need cash to teach our kids about? Like, I've been thinking about that, mm -hmm. right? Like, can we just teach them in a different way, in a plastic digital way? I think we have to teach them digital technology and spending money <clears throat> in that way because that's what they're going to be doing. They're not going to be using dollars and cents. They're not. So yeah. you can use the cash, like even pictures of the cash. You don't have to actually give them cash to kind of. Teach okay. them, you know, what money is like visually, right? So this is what money looks like. But really, they should have an understanding of, you know, how credit cards work and how tap yeah. technology works, how easy it is to get into debt by using those things. Um, and, you know, all you're right. All the infrastructure has been there for ages, but nobody's really encouraged to use it. Um, whether it's a marketing problem from the credit card companies or whether it's just people's reluctance to actually use it because they don't trust it. But the pandemic has just accelerated yeah. all that. And I think that that Pan Panera Bread um, story is what's happening right now in Canada with a lot of people who were apprehensive about TAP. All of a sudden they're like, oh, I can do this with my card? I didn't yeah. know that. And they it didn't mess know. up my banking. So they're not going back to cash or they're not going back to giving their card to a Why cashier. Would they, right? Why would they? Yeah. They're yeah. changed forever. I mean, my parents are the, like, I always go back to them. They're, they're doing things that I never thought they could possibly do four months ago. And they're not going back because they realize, and this is what this survey was saying, is that, you know, most Canadians, 76%, uh, want to simplify their lives. Like, this is what the pandemic has taught us. And that includes uh, with their finances. Like, they just want technology to be easy. They want it to work. And they don't want it to be something that 
complicates their lives. They want it to actually, you know, and tap technology does that. You can tap, 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 pay for things and go. And you can check your bill online, make sure everything's in order. I've never had a mistake ever on my bill, even though I check all the time. So um, usually if there is a mistake, it's a human error. Like I sent something back on, you know, that I bought online and they haven't actually uh, refunded yeah. it for me or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything I have is on uh, automation, right? All my bills are paid automatically. And then I then I go and look at everything. You just set it up, set the cash flow up so that it's it's it pays itself so you don't have to worry about like, oh, you know, I got to go to the bank with cash. Like people still do this. They'll take cash and go and give it to the bank. Right. There's so many ways to do it. Not with that, you know, in mind. So I don't, um, you know, you know, I, I don't want to be like uh, um, talking about people who are Luddites or who cho- choose to have no technology in a negative way. Mm-hmm. But I, I know I'm, I'm a technologist. I'm a, I'm a futurist, mm-hmm. right? It's, to me, this is better. But I understand how some people think it's not. Um, it's just it makes your life easier in one way, I guess. But, you know, I, it's hard. It's hard to, to uh, have a conversation with someone who is anti-technology or mm-hmm. just doesn't want to do that because it isn't valuable to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they see it as a, a chore to learn about technology. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, uh, something to think about. And some people are having trouble with all of this. Yeah, I, I, that, not this survey, but a survey we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember exactly who conducted it. It was saying like there is a, 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 a large number of Canadians who rely on checks to pay their bills and they've been kind yeah. of, uh, they don't know where to go. And so they're, you know, they've been sort of having having to learn new ways to, to deal with their bills and their finances. And for some, that learning curve is too steep. Like it's just going from zero to 100 for them. Um, but the pandemic, definitely for those people who are on the, the like sort of, uh, fence about whether they want to use contactless or whether they want to use online banking or even online shopping for some people is just out of their comfort zone. This has just shown people that you know life is easier if you didn't if you use the technology for good. Um, I, you know, I, in your with your point of everything being automatic, the only thing that I um, don't like about automatic bill payments is sometimes we do get on autopilot and we miss things. So yeah. I know you don't because you, you have so to do regular reviews. You yeah. have to do That's regular all. reviews. Yeah. Like don't be one of those people that just sees that number come out of their bank account and never really questions it because, um, you know, I've gone back and I've had like companies tack on like insurance that I didn't even know I had said yes to. And then they've had to go in or all of a sudden, you know, like um, the Internet's costing Internet bill is more for some reason. It's because I didn't call and renegotiate my, you know, my package. So things like you just have to keep your eye on these things because, you know, it can be like months and months and months. And you're like, wow, I've spent like four or $500 without even knowing on things I didn't even want or things I didn't even need because I was, I wasn't checking my bills. And that, that's, that can be a little bit dangerous for your personal finances. So, uh, you want to talk about shopping as well, right? Isn't that the, the new trends, uh, of, uh, online shopping and things? Uh, well, yeah, more people are shopping online. I can't remember what the number was exactly, but more people are shopping online um, because obviously due to COVID-19 and more people are starting to trust online shopping too. Whereas before, I think a lot of people just felt like, oh, um, you know, how am I going to, how how, I, how am I going to know if that fits me or how am I, know, how am I going to know if that's yeah, right for me? That's I think an that, interesting one. Yeah, so yeah. now all of a sudden people are, um, you know, more... Um, 
comfortable with online shopping. So this was a the article by uh, the World Economic Forum talking about all the different shifts when it comes to uh, shopping, the trends. So uh, obviously, online shopping habits have changed. Uh, you know, young there's no there's more. What does this mean? More family responsibilities. So you know, we've always known young people to be the ones that are, are sort of lead the change when it comes to technology. But now older people are also um, getting in on making you know making online purchases. Um, and you know, all types of different buying. And so we now, you know, it shows that this, uh, this article shows that people do realize that you do get a lot of value out of online shopping. I mean, you can buy things cheaper online and, um, and from the comfort of your home and, um, it's, it's going to definitely be a new normal. It's going to be something that I think most people who discover online shopping, um, like I don't ever want to go back to a mall. <laughs> I hate the mall so much, but I can, you know, I can just imagine how like malls, I, I can imagine a mall is going to be like, um, almost like a, a day out, like, Hey, let's go to Eaton center today. Not like before where you just go to the mall because you had to buy your everyday items. Like you would, yeah, you would go, you go as an event, like to a mall, right? Event. It's like yeah. a day out. <laughs> yeah. And so, so to, yeah, to, to, to connect that to the technology, um, you know, I've been using without technology, like uh, all these apps on our phones, we couldn't do any of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like for example, I use uh, Instacart for uh, groceries because it comes in like two hours, and it's just it's somebody going to get groceries for me. Mm-hmm. And I can get them from anywhere, Walmart, you know, whatever. Uh, they don't have stuff though; they're <laughs> they're, they're all they're out of a lot of things. Uh, I think there's a lot of things going on in the world in terms of supply and demand that. Uh, is making things not being available so much. So that's an interesting thing. But yeah, like, uh, you know, I'm definitely, I'm a technologist, as I said. So I, I get, I'm a first, uh, first responder to new technology. Uh, but it seems like everyone else is adopting technology too, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it was going to happen anyways. The pandemic just accelerated the inevitable. I think there, we were already headed in the direction where most people are now doing their day-to-day shopping online. Um, you know, a lot of things I just don't purchase anymore. Like I, you know, laundry detergent and hand soap and all these things. Like I don't bother going out. I just, I just order it online and then I get like, yeah. yeah. And in some cases it's on a, on a subscription. So it actually, every six months they automatically send me, you know, six months more worth of whatever it is that I want. Um, my last order is in there and I can just reorder that last order because it's already in there. I don't have to think about it mm -hmm. uh, again, right? It's like, here are your favorite items. This is what you buy all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, click, 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 done, right? Mm -hmm. It it makes it so much easier. Yeah, and then the cost is also comparable. Like there was a time where online shopping was more expensive. Like you had to pay Mm -hmm. for shipping, you had to pay for return. It was a lot of money um, just to have the convenience of it coming to your door. But now in many cases, it's actually cheaper. Uh, And with COVID-19, Lots of companies have waived any fees whatsoever for um, online shopping because they want to continue to have customers and they, the only way they can is to let them shop online and they don't want to burden them with saying, oh, there's also a fee to return or there's a fee to get yeah. it to your doorstep. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm not surprised by these trends that the World Economic Forum is talking about. I think that you know, uh, places like China are already there, like they're already kind of ahead of us. Like Asian countries tend to be a little bit more technically savvy than uh, – then we he, we are here in Canada and especially in the United States. But, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, if you want to buy from a company that's overseas, the only way you can do it is online. And now if you trust it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to get that item. I know exactly it's going to fit me or it's going to it's going to serve the purpose that I need it for. And if I don't like it, I can send it back and it won't cost me anything. And I think that's that's the main driver is that all of a sudden it's easy to shop online and it's cheap to do it as well. It was taking that first step for a lot of people. And, and, and the, the thing, the pandemic made it so they didn't have an, another option. So mm-hmm. they took the first step and then, oh, it worked, right? Yeah. And that's, that's all it took, right? So now everybody's, more, more people are in it. It's always awkward when you do anything for the first time. Like I know if the first time I used Apple Pay, it was a bit awkward for me because I'd never used my phone to pay for something. And yeah, so yeah. I was a bit nervous you know, even though the cashier wouldn't have known it, but I was a bit like, is this going to work? Is this how it is? Where do I put my phone? But once you do it, you're like, why would I ever take my credit card out of my, my wallet? Uh, in fact, oh, I'll there. go for a walk. And if I want to buy something, I just use my phone to buy it. I don't have to worry about taking my wallet anymore. Um, and the same, same thing, uh, uh, you know, on this list, uh, the Forbes article that, uh, that you sent about why would I go to the doctor for something that doesn't need a physical exam now? Mm-hmm. If, they, if it's just renewing a prescription or having a conversation, just do it over the phone. And that's, that's what I did for my last prescription. Mm-hmm. It was great. A lot of things I think after this pandemic are over are just going to stay virtual. And, and that's fine. Like, I, I don't think that we, like, you know, I talk to my husband all the time. Like, neither of us want to get back into that grind of getting up and going into work and dealing with all the extra people. Um, we realize that we can do productive work at home. I definitely think we need a hybrid model. I think a lot of people still need to be around their their um, co-workers and exchange ideas, but it doesn't have to be Monday to Friday, nine to five. I think that's just too much time away from your home that you spend so much money building and, and um, you know, you're... And you spend so much time away from your family that now we know that we can make it work in a different way. And why would anybody want to go back? And so this is true for this technology, too. It's that it's making people's lives easier. Um, and why would anyone go back to the old sort of uneasy way of doing things? Exactly. So, Bo, this has been a great show. Um, you know, we've been talking about uh, COVID-19 and all the effects it's having on your personal finances. If you guys have any questions about your personal finances, even if it doesn't have to do with COVID-19, maybe now you're back at work and you're thinking, you know what, I want to beef up my retirement because I wasn't saving for retirement for the three or four months that I was uh, off work or whatever it is, please. Uh, uh, you can find us at DearRuby.com, so D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. There's an option there to email in an answer, or you could record an answer and send it to us, and we will play it on the show. Um, Bo, thanks so much, as always. It's always great to have a conversation with you about everything going on in your life, and I hope you have a great week. You too. I'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.